0: The game was different, right? The the, the rules was different. The ball oh, was the, euro, different. the euro the euro style is different in America. The Euro style was a lot different <laughs> than America. <laughs> That's the it's first nice. time y'all seen that Eurostep too, huh? Absolutely.
1: My name is Bradley Fisher. I'm from Chorley in England in the Northwest. Uh, originally I went to Montana State uh, and then transferred to Emporia State uh for my sophomore and junior years and then i graduated from emporia state
0: nice uh what year did you graduate brad uh 2018. 2018 okay so still still fresh out the game yeah i like to think so but my body <laughs> says otherwise big chorley hey my guy it is great to have you here um Normally you'd like to say, oh, I knew him when he was like this tall or whatever, but I knew you when you was that tall. Yep. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Always been um, a a great guy to know and converse with. So I'm happy to see your journey. And and, um, when I was in Oklahoma, it was good to meet up with you and the wife. And go on. You know, hang out. Uh, Still upset that you didn't play for my senior men's team, but (laughs) uh, we won't talk about that today. (laughs) Maybe Um, Maybe another day. Right, so how and why did you choose um, Montana State? Um, well, a big thing for me is that they were the only
1: school that was very consistent in contact, um, probably because of Chris Haslam. <laughs> uh-huh. Because I've known him for donkey's years, but um, and that's how I got connected to Montana State was through Chris. So, but yeah, no, they were always very transparent with um their vision and what they wanted to do with me at least with the original head coach that Mm -hmm. uh, i was recruited for um and all of that and plus with the experience that i had so i was in the aau circuit i was gaining a lot of traction my junior year and then it all came crumbling down whenever the ncaa uh, compliance office said that i had to take uh B-Tech or A-Levels and finish my GCSEs as well, which I didn't. I came over to America for high school and stuff like that. So, yeah. and that's when got into my school and but yeah, that's where a lot of my sort of traction fell off but Montana State with Chris was always in the loop even when I touch. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, even when I came back to England for that one year um, they were really the only school that really kept in contact with me and yeah, it was a it was a no-brainer at least
0: at the time. Okay, okay. Um that's that's interesting because uh what how many schools would you say were interested in you before you know the, the NCAA got involved? Um probably
1: about uh... At the time of my junior year probably about four or five because i had a really good aau circuit my junior year as well as a junior year um so yeah i had about four or five other other schools um that were giving me letters and giving me calls that sort of thing Mm
0: -hmm. okay cool um what type of scholarship did you get from montana state and um did your grades play a factor? I know you talked talked about you know going to school, so yeah. Um, break it break that down for us.
1: Um, so I was fortunate enough to get a full ride with Montana State, um, and that included uh, books, uh, room and board, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was very fortunate to have that opportunity and stuff like that. Um, in terms of grades, uh, they. I mean, they did play a part in compliance-wise um, for the NCAA, but mm. in terms of scholarship, not not really. Didn't, okay. No. Nah.
0: Fair enough. And then um, going back to Emporia State as well, why, why did you choose them and, you know, the same thing with the, your scholarship? Yeah.
1: Um, well, the coaching staff at Emporia State, very similar to how Montana State sort of treated it. Whenever I... Uh, whenever me and Coach Fish, who the head coach at the time, uh, sat down and just kind of discussed the whole year, and that's when we decided that it would probably be the best for me to transfer. Emporia State was one of the first schools to reach out to me, and there, uh, Coach V and uh, Coach Coach Paul, they were very sort of uh, just kind of how Chris ha- Chris Haslam was throughout my entire process with Montana State. They were always uh, transparent and. On top of communication and stuff like that, um, plus Coach V, just like uh, Chris, he had a very—he'd been to Europe, he played in Europe. Um okay. and he's a bit—he's six eleven himself, so he's—he knows all about how to coach big men and and, yeah, stuff yeah. Like that. and that was very appealing at the time. Um, and I just got along with Coach V, uh, just as a person in general. So yeah, it was. Yeah, Emporia State just, I really liked the school, like it, the, the area, uh, as little as it is, it's uh, it's actually quite pleasant. It's like a, a gem in the Midwest, kind of hidden, but it's there. Um, but yeah, no, I, I was very excited about it. And uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of why.
0: Um, and then how did your scholarship work from transferring from D1 to? Oh, so, um,
1: with the it was it was similar, um, which again was very fortunate. Um, I had a very similar situation. So, the scholarship that I had, uh, another student athlete at the time um, had got it as well, um, and it spanned. I think six student athletes were able to qualify for it, mm-hmm. and myself and uh a teammate of mine actually qualified for it so we we got that and that was able to pay for um the academic side of things as well as room and board um and then a little bit of the books i still had to pay a little bit for the books but it wasn't Uh, okay
0: wasn't that crazy so okay nice um what questions did you ask when you was being recruited um and this is you know both both uh schools both programs yeah.
1: uh i'd say i uh, i didn't ask enough questions uh for at least when it came to montana state i didn't didn't really ask en- enough questions because uh, i mean i still struggle with this now i'm always a person to ask questions after the fact yeah yeah, yeah. um and stuff like that so but With Montana State, uh, I feel like I should have asked more questions, but some of the questions that I did ask, especially when there was a transition for head coaching, like the head coaching position, Mm -hmm. uh, Brad Hughes, who was the one that was head coach at the time that I was being recruited.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was
1: let go. And then Brian Fish came from Oregon um, and was put in as head coach there. So I should have asked more questions about his ideology uh, how he wanted to run it, run the program, uh, how he saw me fitting into that system that he wanted to run, um, and just sort of that sort of track, like where he saw me now and where he wanted me to get to. I, sh- I should have asked more things around that. Uh, I didn't at the time because of that, I was a shy, uh, intimidated, <laughs>
0: like so, seven foot in- plus and intimidated. Yeah. Okay. Well,
1: yeah, so it's like, I should have asked more questions like that because it ended up biting me in the ass because uh, at the end of the year, I was more frustrated with my situation than I probably ever have. Um, uh. And then, and so with, with Emporia State, I did ask more questions, more than not. Like, did ask those types of questions. Like, I know I haven't, I, I hadn't played, uh, I think it was above 20 minutes. Like that, yeah. collectively by like, the whole year, um, and I asked uh, Coach V at the time. I was like, "I've only played 20 minutes the entire year combined. Like, where do you see me fitting into your system, and mm-hmm. how do you see my development in that system?" And he was very transparent. He was like, "Well, we know that you haven't played that well. Uh, not well, but we like much." Um, but we do, uh, um, he even said that we, we can't guarantee minutes. That's going to be something that you earn. Um, but in terms of development, he, and then he's started talking about all the big men that he's had like under him over the last few years. And as well as some of the big, a uh, couple of the big men that he's bringing in mm-hmm. as well as myself. Um, and it was, it was just one of those things where, uh, the more questions I asked, The more comfortable I felt. And that was the difference between Montana State and Emporia State. I felt a lot more comfortable going to Emporia State than I did going to Montana State.
0: Now, great that, you know, we're talking about two things that are really big with international students in, you know, in college sports, not only just basketball, but college sports is transferring. And the change of head coach. Now, I mean, you said, like, what I want to know is how did you find out? The did you find out just like everyone else via, you know, a, a media post or whatever, or did they say? Did they come to you guys as student athletes and say, "Hey, look, there's going to be some changes. This is the coach," and you have that? Do you have like a not an interview but a sit down? and talk with the coach? Um, how do they treat your transfers in terms of, did it, are they like, hey, look, um, do they give you the option to transfer or do they tell you you have to? Or, I mean, break it down.
1: Um, so just for the co- head coach transition. Uh-huh. Um, so it was the summer before I got there. Uh, well, the, a few weeks before I even got there. Um, it was right after that, that season, uh, I think it was the 2014 season, um, and then Chris actually texted me and said, "Hey, uh, we need to talk about the what, what's going to happen, that sort of thing." And I caught and we got on the phone. He went, I, "I understand if you want to look at other schools, mm-hmm. um, but I want to at least give." brian fish or coach fish sorry um the chance to at least introduce himself like that sort of thing um and see what i had see what, if i liked what he had to say so we we set up a call um it was a very short call kind of, I, I don't really recall much about it it was uh, I, I remember it was we didn't really have much time to really talk it was just uh uh, obligation introductory call. Mm. Um, and, and going into it, 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 it was more of, uh, okay, well, I need to get to know this coach more so than I did Coach Hughes, because Coach Hughes actually came over to England. Yeah, he met yeah. my family uh, and all that. And he kept laughing at my dad because he didn't know what he was saying. So we just kept laughing. So like, there was a connection with Coach Hughes that I didn't have with Coach Fish, and I think it was that was just a a mental barrier that I had like throughout the entire year that I was there. Uh, Um, And then as as for the transfer, um, so Coach Fish actually texts me to see if I was in class or not. And I wasn't at the time I had a free period and he went, uh, he wanted me to come to his office. Um, so I went and, and Chris caught me in the hallway and he, he knew what was going on. Uh, and that cause I could see it in his face, like something wasn't right uh, yeah. at all. Uh, he And he stopped me in the hallway and he was like, come yeah. and see me after you're done. And I was like, okay, well this can't be done, surely. Uh, um, so I, got, I went into Coach Fishy's office, uh, sat down, Uh, And he he was very blunt, which I I, I respect the heart of him for it. Um, And I like it like that, I guess. uh, I like people being blunt with me. It's just what I was saying, I'm like, just get it over with, rip it off like a bandaid, sort Mm -hmm. of thing. Um, So yeah, he was very blunt. He said, um, given the numerous chances and and the system that we're trying to build, um, it was very different from what it was the year prior so coach Hughes was a very big man oriented get touches in the post uh if there's no score in the post like dish it out like that sort of thing that's my kind of that's my style of basketball whereas coach fish was very point guard oriented and shooter oriented and the big guy's sole purpose was to set screens roll run the rim 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 runner that sort of thing which i mean you've seen me run i can't run to save my life man (laughs) 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 <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: like <laughs> it's just one of those things where it just wasn't my assistant yeah, for me. yeah it wasn't it wasn't a match so uh but yeah he was very transparent very blunt um he wished me all the best like it, it, and it was a case of at least in my situation i had to transfer because i wasn't gonna get a, the scholarship would have been revoked or uh, and I would have had to like find my own way uh, if I stayed at Montana State I wouldn't be playing basketball if I stayed at Montana State that sort of thing
0: um, and so, so was you, sorry sorry to cut you so was you told was you told you had to transfer or was it more of a conversation of hey look Brad um, we're not gonna play you and we're not gonna renew your scholarship what was it what was it like so
1: it was a little mix so it, it so coach fish was sat me down and he was like um just we're, we're not going to renew the scholarship for you and uh, and i was like so what does that mean and he was like well you have two options you can either stay here but you would have to find your own way or you can file in for a transfer and find a, a new school to take you on and and at the time i was like well yeah like i want to play basketball i want to go to school where a place actually wants me to play so um so yeah it, it was it wasn't necessarily an ultimatum but um given the information that i had and what i was told it it, it does feel like it but what people don't understand is. It's, it's really not. It's it's You still have a choice at the end of the day. But mm. a lot of the times people will go with the transfer and go somewhere else.
0: Mm. Yeah, get your school paid for. I, oh, I, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Um, interested, man. There's, there's, you know, we've had a few different stories of um, coaches being proactive and helping their players. Yeah. You know, they know that they can't... Um, you know, they're not going to keep them in the system or things aren't working out, whatever. There's coaches that are really proactive and saying, hey, look, I think these schools would suit you or I've spoken to whoever. Yeah. Um, and then there's coaches that are just like, hey, um, good luck on Monday. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it's funny. Um, very interesting. Um, what was the league play like? In you know, for, for, for both, per, what leagues were they? You know, tell us what leagues in both situations. So,
1: Montana State is in the Big Sky Conference. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have East Washington, Eastern Washington State, uh, no, just Eastern Washington, you have Weaver State, um, Northern Colorado that does those types of teams. Uh, and then for Emporia State, they're in the MIAA, so you have Northwest Missouri State, you have Washburn um you have uh western Missouri um very like high level so, programs so. like mm-hmm. within D2 um whereas in the the, Monta- the Big Sky Conference it was a mid-major league um I mean Damian Lillard came out of we state and stuff like that so the, the league had already been like proven to like produce high level talent um and there was some really really good players in, in that league and the, the conferences between the MIAA and Big Sky conference were, they were pretty much identical in terms of like the style of play mm-hmm. um, and all teams were a little bit different but be, it was very identical in terms of how they played, what the speed was, that sort of thing
0: mm, Okay, yeah. and what was it? Was it uh, big, dominated was it a lot of shooters, physical like what... um what type big sky, of- big,
1: so big sky when i was at montana state was very it it was it was a mix but it was more it was more leaning towards shooter oriented or that that's the path that it was going okay um and then uh, emporia state for the miaa it was it, it was definitely 50 50. like it wasn't like a guard oriented or a big man oriented league it was very Straight narrow, 50 50. Okay. Um it just depends on the team that you were playing. Like some people, some teams had good bigs, like Washburn. Um, another another team like Northwest Missouri had could shoot the lights out of it. Uh so it was just like depends each night was a completely different style of play. Okay. Um, which is it's it's quite interesting when you look back at it.
0: So um, okay so we're getting to the turning point of your um, college career um yeah. what what happened to to stop you from uh, playing at the end there what can you can you walk us through um
1: so my time at Emporia State though I uh, like coach v and coach paul and, and all the other coaches that I had interacted with there like can't say a bad word about them um, but my time at Emporia State, it, it, I felt like it was more of a reaction from how everything went down at Montana State yeah. because that's at Montana State. That's when I realized that oh, this is this is cutthroat. It's a business orient. It's business at the end of the day. Yeah. Um. That's where I was like, okay, well, and that's where my sort of love for basketball started to just. It was like. It was at the highest it's ever been, and now uh, and Montana State it was like just going down, yeah, like without, climbing, yeah. yeah, without stopping really. Like uh, I still like enjoyed it in some parts, but it was it year after year it felt more like a chore mm-hmm. than anything. Um, and so at the end of my junior year, um, I it was. Probably the worst year. Well, not the worst year I've played. i would still played decent. Uh, but I, the, my minutes started getting reduced and stuff like that. And then towards the end, I, I kind of had a gut feeling that it was going to happen, but it was it's just one of those things that it has to happen for me to like be like, oh, this is
0: happening. Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, um, end of my junior year, Coach V kind of brought me into his office and explained the situation, said that it's like nothing personal, like he's still, Wants me to feel like I can come to him with any problems or anything like that, but with the pressure that he was under, he he has he would have had to go he had to go in a different direction, which basically meant that he wasn't going to renew my scholarship <laughs> after that year. So I had one year left anyway. Uh, he he said that I I can He made it more of a choice. What Coach Fish did. Coach yeah. Fish was yeah. like, Yeah, you need to transfer. Whereas Coach V was like, you have a couple of options. You can transfer, you can stay here, but you will like you won't be playing basketball. You'd have to find ways to like pay your tuition, that tuition. sort of thing. Um, so I had to like sit on it for a week or two, um, and my Wife and girlfriend, like not, but girlfriend yeah. at the time. Like, um, I, she she knew that I wasn't enjoying basketball at all. Like she knew it, um, but and and I knew it, and I was like, well, I have to make a decision. Do I go and give it one last shot mm-hmm. somewhere else and hate myself for it? Probably, probably not. Or do I just say that's it? Like, I'm done. Just cut it out. And then, and then, like, find a way to pay my tuition. Find a way to pay rent. Find a way to yeah, yeah, pay yeah. for groceries, that sort of thing. Finance it. Yeah, like, just find a way. Um And I, I just, I stopped. Uh, I just, I said, uh, Coach V called me and he was like, what do you want to do? Because he was ready to, like, help me like with schools. Like he was ready to like help me look for schools and that sort of thing. And uh, he already had like a couple of schools that were somewhat Mm -hmm. interested, but Mm -hmm. they wanted to speak to me first. And I was like, Coach B, I appreciate the help and that sort of thing, but I think I'm gonna- I'm done. Call it a day. Yeah, I'm done. (laughs) Like, uh, and I think honestly, like looking back, I was like, that's probably even though it was the hardest decision I've ever had to make, it was probably the best decision I've probably made. Because now yeah. I'm like, now I love basketball again. I'm like, I'm, I love it. I love playing again. I love doing all like, all types of stuff. Like,
0: Even though you didn't play for me in Oklahoma. But yeah, I'm glad you... Uh, <laughs> 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 um, no, but I, yeah, it's it's um, definitely interesting. And I'm glad that you found that passion, that spark. Um, what was the hardest thing about making that decision to stop playing ball or to not pursue um, another scholarship? And was you afraid of being judged by um, family and friends? Um, you know, not,
1: ne- not necessarily being judged. It was more so of the I have failed. Like it was more so that like I'm stopping playing basketball. So I have failed. Like I have failed this. American dream that or mm-hmm. college dream that people think of. Like the first person that came to mind actually it wasn't even my family, it was Neil. <laughs> like I was like, I was like, if I if I stopped playing basketball, like I, I wasn't worried about what my family would think. Because I because my mum, bless her heart, she's always been just do what you want to do. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's what I did. She was the one driving me up and down the country for basketball stuff. Uh, all that, like, so she wasn't. I she would always like support me no matter what, and uh, and all that. But it was more so like coaches that I yeah. met like, across the way, like you, Neil, Chris. Like, what are they gonna think? Like, uh, it's, it's like I've just stopped playing basketball completely. Like, mm. fail, like failure. Like, not a lot of people like experience that well they think they do but they they don't um but it's like when you've dedicated so much time so much effort most of your teenage all of your teenage years actually all of your teenage years all of the after school events all of the after school practices all of the extra stuff that you that I was going to like my granddad drove me to my mum drove me to like all the Preston pride practices all of the Runshaw College practices, all of that. Like, it just felt like it all came, just was for nothing. Like, that's how it felt. But, and that was the that was the main sort of gut feeling that I had was just that instant failure. I wasn't worried about any judgment or anything like that. It was more so that I I've, I've failed then. Like, group of people that were, close to me and invested
0: in my future, mm-hmm. I, I have failed that group of people. Um, man, that's that's pretty deep. Um, yeah. <laughs> it is, and um, if it's any consolation to you now, I am happy with uh, your decision and I'm happy that, you know, um, that you've managed to get to America, to mm-hmm. live, to have the experience yeah. um without it you know you wouldn't have found your lovely wife and you right. know have your career now and, and all the rest of it so um yeah not everyone's journey is a straight line oh, yeah. um, and i think i think i'm gonna speak for neil a little bit but just having you know uh young men and, and individuals going through their life journey and being able to make autonomous decisions mm. um, and be content with it and, and, you know, just live productive lives. I think that's right. it. You know, that's all we can ask for as coaches, you know. It, it would be amazing if you ended up being drafted by um, the Lakers and, and, and being in the league now. Um, but I'm just as happy that, you know, you're um, over in Kansas and um, doing great. So, yeah, for me, um, I'm happy anyway not to get too mushy um <laughs> can you talk about the process of leaving um you know what like what came through your mind when it came to um you touched on it a little bit but you know when it came to when you was met with that that choice um and coach says hey take it or leave it or like what really put it through um what really drove the, the point home Um
1: it would have to be like the realization of what I wanted to do um so like, I remember just I remember just sitting in my college not college room but like apartment room um just sitting there like laying down looking at the ceiling mm-hmm. and then Marissa, my wife she well, girlfriend at the time, now wife like she came in and was like, what are you thinking about? I was like, well, what am I gonna do now? <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, that that's what really drove it home was like, she was very like, well, you've dedicated your whole life to this, like what, uh, and now you have this and a lot of free time to like <laughs> really like put it together. Like you, you don't understand how much time basketball takes <laughs> up until you're outside of it. <laughs> <laughs> I had so much free time on my hands. I was like, this is what a normal student does, by the way, like, I was blown away by it. Oh, uh, God, but no, just like the realization that um, I'm a normal individual.
0: That's At what seven, really- uh, Seven, seven, I, seven I foot plus normal, normal right?
1: Yeah, well, not that, but <laughs> like, um, like a normal, like college student, like not in terms of physical attributes, but like, <laughs> in terms of like workload and stuff like that. Like I had to work 20 hours a week. I was Cause I was only limited to 20 hours a week because uh, uh, international students can only work on campus. Yeah. I only found that out when I had to get a job. Uh, <laughs> so like uh, I, work, I was only working 20 hours a week. Uh, so I was like, this is what, nor- normality feels like mm. so like for the past like 10 years however long it was my whole life has been dedicated to just basketball and then now i'm just a normal work life schedule individual and i'm like that's what really hit me over was that i am a normal individual finally like i'm not <laughs> i don't have to miss out on nights out because of Practice or anything right, yeah, like that. Games. Like, I could, if I want to go out, I can go out. Or if I want to just stay in, which is what it usually was, I can mm-hmm. stay in. But like, it, it was just that normality that was missing the entire time. That's what really, like, the process. That's nice.
0: Um, what would you advise, you know, if, if somebody's watching this now and they're kind of Thinking, man, they've got like a similar decision. Uh, yeah. What advice um, would you give them to help them make a decision?
1: Um, don't overthink it. So, like with my situation, that whole year, I think that had been more of the downward slope than I than ever it was just it was just like uh, my passion for basketball was at an all-time low and so it's just like you just got to don't overthink it it's like do you want to force yourself doing something that you don't have a passion for or do you want to put that energy that you were putting into that into something else and, and find a passion that way um so that that's what don't overthink it it's it, as much of a big decision as it is it's it's still a simple decision, if that makes sense, mm. if you think about all the factors that contribute to it. So like, where is your mental work, like state at with basketball? Do you love basketball? Do you love doing this? Do, do you put the time in? Where do you see this going? Like, you got to think big picture, you got to think longevity. Like, where do you see this going? And I, I could have transferred to another school, I could have done okay, and I would have landed in a low league somewhere in the middle of Spain, somewhere, I don't know. But uh, like, I just didn't like that path, like that idea that I had. I was like, I just don't wanna be complacent. That's because that's what I got was complacent. Okay. I I don't wanna be complacent. So it's just like, taking all the factors that are, are in your mind simplify it by saying do you love basketball or not that's the big question that can make that decision for you do you love basketball if the answer is yes then by all means like keep the going with your way. journey but yeah. if you have a, a an ounce of doubt or a, a, an ounce of no then it's just not it's just not going to work out right mm-hmm. like, because whether it you're not going to have a long career like a lot of pros that I've met, that um, that I've played with, who are now pro, their mindset is like completely different to a lot of other people in the sport. It's just like one of those things where it's like, this is my life, like that because it is, and it's like that just wasn't me. At, at least at the time I made the decision, it just wasn't me. I'm like just, basketball isn't who I am, and at least anymore. Like, that, that's what it was. So that's what made the decision. So yeah, don't overthink it, simplify it,
0: and that's it. <laughs> okay. Um, kind of controversial on that, literally of what you just said. Yeah. Um, do you think that it was worth leaving, you know, being going through everything, do you think that was worth you know, all the hassle, all the training, all the rest of it. Do you think that it was worth it? Or do you think that, you know what, I could have stayed home and not gone through all of that? You know, I I guess the normal life kind of thing. Yeah. um, If you wasn't going to finish playing basketball.
1: Ah, I would never say, I would never say I regret anything. But I, I'm like, one of those things where like, uh, the amount of hours that I put in, And the amount of extra stuff that I did, I'm like, I'm very thankful for it because it's made me who I am Mm like today. Um, But I mean, if I didn't go through it and if I just didn't play basketball, if it wasn't as serious as I, if it was just a high school phase that I was going in uh, at Southlands or whatever, there, I don't know, I don't know where I'd be, to be honest. I don't even want to think about it. I really don't know. I'd be just, (laughs) A waste of height. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what my PE teacher said. I was like. You, you just want to be a waste of height your whole your whole life. I'm like, what? Like sign me up then. And then
0: that's how I got into basketball. I'm like, all right, well, we'll as well do something. Yeah. So, um, do you think uh, you could have done anything to change the outcome? Um, you know, uh, yes, we've spoken about you know. Uh, yeah done and all the rest of it but is there something that you feel you could have done to reignite that that passion of playing um you know as i said this is for those that might have that decision now and if they're sitting down and they're thinking man i you know i don't really love it anymore or whatever do you think there's something that you know maybe playing pickup games or maybe I don't know. Do you think there's something that could have changed your mindset to like enjoy basketball again, or to make you want to stay, like to transfer to another school and give it another shot, or was you just done? I, I personally I was, I was done. I was burnt out. Like it was just what I was
1: saying. But uh, again, it was like I gave it time. So okay. I, I gave it time. Now, granted, I called myself out a little bit. I didn't really put. The effort in to reignite the passion that i had when i was at my for example like okay. i didn't really uh, and, and this is like realization after the fact so you yes. don't really realize it until you like look back and like god like that's that's something that i should have, probably should have done um but no just like if you're in that position currently it's to re- reignite whatever passion you have left just find the little things that you love about basketball. Like, what makes you love the sport? Like, is it, is it the notoriety you get? Because I know that's what I got. But uh, at least being from Chorley, like people just Big knew know me. In people know me in Chorley, like, oh, you're the basketball guy. I'm like, not anymore, but yeah, cheers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, like, but like, it's like, that's what you get from it. So it's like little things where it's like, um, do you enjoy the actual playing of it? If the answer is like, and I did, I did, I did enjoy playing it. It was just more so of the, the business, it, it goes back to the business side of it. And, and okay. that's not anything that you can kind of separate because it's always going to be a part of it. But I'm uh, going back to like the days of Preston Pride club basketball. Like those are like the best times of like, it was just so fun. Like, basketball was so much fun at that time. Like, even, even going to, to my school, like, it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Like, just training every day, um, coming in from Chorley, like, riding with Neil all the time. Like, it was, it was a lot of fun. Like, I enjoyed the process that it had, and a lot of people find or lose the meaning and or not the meaning but like they lose that essence that they had whenever they did enjoy basketball that's where they lose it so just find what you love about the sport and if it really means like if it's if those little things are something that can keep you going by all means because oh and always look back at those little things are like oh yeah they're keeping me going like Yep, because you never know what's around the corner. Like, if I transferred to a different school, my it could have been a completely different story. Like, my mm. love for basketball could have just skyrocketed back up again. But, uh, again, it's not necessarily a choice. It's, it, well, it is, but it's, like, little things that you decide to do that can, like, well, what are you going to do about it? It's, are you going to put the work in? Because I know I got complacent that's my biggest regret is that i got complacent i didn't really do much more of the extra stuff like i did but what it wasn't, it wasn't really... like yeah, yeah I so you. it's like what are you doing to kind of really test like your love of basketball are you doing the extra stuff are you enjoying the extra stuff are you enjoying the process because that's all it is is the process um, You love getting in the gym, getting better, getting stronger, understanding the game of basketball a little bit more, building that relationship with your teammates, building those relationships with your coaching staff, regardless of the minutes you play. A lot lot of people get wrapped up in the minutes they play, and it's like, I didn't play anything. Like, well, very minuscule minutes. And so it's like, but I still at least tried to a certain extent to I still put in a little bit uh, more time in than some of the other teammates that I had. Like, I still put the effort in. I still put the time in because I'm not physically gifted. I'm seven foot, that's about it. Mm-hmm. I can barely jump over a phone book, Dan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, hey, it's just like... Hey, when, when you were younger, it was, a, it was a credit card. So, I mean, a phone book's a step up. Yeah, a
1: phone step card. in the right direction. But like, <laughs> but yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, you just got to control the controllable coach v said that to me and that stuck with me ever since control what you can control and i'm like looking back at it and i'm like i didn't appreciate that until now and i'm like i tell my my marissa that all the time i'm like just control what you can control don't worry about it and she's like and she hates me when i say that and i'm like i mean it's true
0: had enough of you, Brad. Like, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, is there any value, or yeah, is there? Was there? Would you say there was a, a value in going over to the states? Was there yeah. a value in going into going through the process?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, looking back at it, and I was thinking about this like a few months ago, it's like, um, what if I'd have stayed? What if I've done the Alex Roberts route? Like go to Loughborough, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. school. Like, when have I done that? And I don't, I don't really know, because it's like a completely different experience. Yeah. But like, my experience is probably going to be completely different, because I did the three years of high school, I came back, did a year at Marysco, and then did a year at Montana State, and then did three, two years at, well, two years playing basketball at Emporia State, and then one year just being normal. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, do I regret it? No not at all because I it's been a journey that I could probably write a book about like like just so many different experiences like the food the people the basketball itself like travel like you get to see everything like Montana State was the most I'd seen in, of America like we went to California, we went to Kentucky, we went to uh well we didn't go to Buffalo but we weren't going to go to Buffalo but like just like all those different things and then we went to Colorado, we went to Portland, we went to just like all these different places and I'm like mm-hmm. I've been to like I think I can't really go there it's like 38 states Jeez. out of 50 and most of that is because of basketball like tri- AAU basketball yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, traveling with uh, like Montana State traveling with Emporia State like all these little experiences that I can tell anybody and they're like that's that's incredible and I'm like that's just that was just a normal day for me like what mm. so it's just like it's still it's the little things and I'm like
0: that you definitely appreciate so um, eight jeez yeah that's awesome. All right, so we're gonna get on to the fun bit. Um, more trivial and touristy questions. Yep. Um, what's the weather like in the two states? So yeah, by the two programs.
1: Montana State is um, 75% winter. All pretty much, and even then, like even the summer <laughs> you get a week of like nice weather, right? You get a week of nice weather, right? So, <laughs> um, I remember one time in Montana, uh, I we were leaving at like five a.m. to go to the airport. Uh, this was like for our LA trip uh, and then Kentucky trip. Um, and I had showered, but my hair hadn't dried. And I walked out, didn't realize that it it was it snowed about four feet of snow, uh, and it was minus thirty-five degrees Celsius. And I'm like, and I walked out. My eyebrows froze, my hair froze, <laughs> like, all of that. And I'm like, I'm just sat there with my winter coat on. And I'm like, what is happening? I went back inside, put another winter coat on, so I had two winter coats on. It was it was it was freezing. Like yeah. although it was very very cold, and I'm a winter person, I love the cold. But like that was like too too cold. Too cold. Like, but, uh, I, and I would say Montana State is probably, Montana, not Montana State, Montana and Bozeman, probably I, I would love to go back there just to like, visit, like touristy stuff, like totally. yeah. And then, in Kansas, um, I mean, it, the springs and summer were really hot. Uh-huh. Like, and I melted. Like, I sweat a lot when I worked out anyway. But, boy, like, being in Kansas is different, man. Like, yeah. in Oklahoma, is the same. Like, yeah. it's just different, man. Like, there is heat. It's, like, just humidity in general. That was the first time someone said humidity to me. And I'm like, <laughs> <"What's that?" laughs> And they were like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah. In England, it's just hot
0: or cold. Like, what's this humidity? Well, you're <laughs> like, from Charlie, it's, it's just cold. There's no hot yeah. in Chile. Oh, that. yeah, that's true,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just like, and the winters get really cold, but it's nothing like in Montana where you get four feet of snow. Like, you get snow a little bit, but it's like rainy. Um, but yeah, the summers are really nice, really
0: hot. Like, any, any extreme uh weather conditions in either Montana or uh, Kansas? I'd say, in, in, in terms of extreme, like tornadoes, uh, hurricanes, tornadoes or in Kansas, we
1: got, I think the whole time although the whole time I was there I only had experience with two tornadoes only two and even then yeah well yeah it's two more than most people yeah um, but yeah I mean two but it was one of those where it's like we weren't like Wizard of Oz like in the middle of it it was more (laughs) like it was on the outer edges of Emporia but you still like got immense wind huge lots of downpour downpour
0: like all of that Okay. Um, musty destination of Montana and Kansas, the place where you must go to. Oh man, Uh, the mountains in Montana. Like just pick a direction. They're (laughs)
1: everywhere.
0: Any mountain.
1: It's called Montana. Like there's mountains everywhere. Like just pick a direction and go. Like, uh, there's that, just beware of birds. Like birds are like an abundance, man. Like, I remember there was a bear on campus one time and I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to class today. It's in a bit.
0: Um, bear on campus?
1: Yeah. Like, we got an email, like, campus is closed today because there's a bear on campus. And I'm like, okay, what? wow. Yeah, it just come down from the mountains. And I'm like, the animal control, they come in, shot it. Well, not shot, shot you with a sleeping diet. And I don't know what else happened after
0: that. Just casually, just, you know, Apparently, it's normal.
1: And I'm like, there's a bird in the middle of a campus. How is this normal?
0: (laughs) This morning, Yogi. Like, Like,
1: just... The the crazy thing about it, though, I didn't get the email until I was on campus. And then I didn't see anyone. And I was like, oh, this is weird. Like, there's usually, like, a crazy preacher person, like, in the middle of campus, like, trying to say everybody's the devil. And I'm like, oh, he's not around today. What's going on? And I'm like... uh, And then... um, Somebody like ran to come get me. I was like, "There's bear on campus. You need to like go home." <laughs> I'm like, "What? Where, was, where okay, were we told I'm
0: this on campus?" But yeah, there was that. And then what was the question? <laughs> uh, be destination or oh, yeah, musty destination
1: uh, in Emporia, Kansas. Or Can- I'll say Kansas because Emporia is kind of limited in attractions. Uh-huh. Um, Probably Kansas City. That's a that's a go-to place. What's
0: what's down there? What's down there to see?
1: Uh, well, you've got Kansas City Chiefs football team. Uh, You've got the uh, the baseball team, the Royals. I I nearly lost it. I nearly lost the name then. But yeah, the Royals. um, And I mean, we we live here in Kansas City now, and we love it. Like it's it's just so modern. Like it's just a beautiful place. Like power and light. Uh, barbecue if you like barbecue and I'm not talking about McDonald's dipping sauce barbecue none of that <laughs> actual actual barbecue
0: stuff Kansas City is where it's at okay okay uh, as you've touched on food best place to get food in both Montana and Kansas uh, I can't really say in
1: Montana because I never really ate outside of the food court Uh, I mean, it was free. I was just obsessed with it. I was like, oh yeah, free, ding. And it was buffet. We had all sorts. I'm like ding, buffet, everything. (laughs) And that was a buffet. like, free, I just check into the dining hall. It was just food everywhere. I'm like, this is heaven. (laughs) Okay. So yeah, I never really ate outside of the food court. And even then, um, like, my experience was like, fast food takeaway joints, like Wendy's. Okay. Applebee's Applebee's is good. Applebee's Applebee's
0: is your go-to? Yeah, Applebee's would probably be my go-to. Their appetizers are pristine. Okay, Uh, same thing for Kansas. Uh,
1: Emporia, oh man, I was thinking about this the other day because just after watching another episode, I was watching Jordan Spencer's episode the other day. Oh, was you? Yeah, and I was like, oh God, what food? But there's two places that I'm like, if you're in Emporia, that is it. There's a burger place called Doobie's. Okay. Um, it's like this little hole in the wall, small little restaurant, but it probably has the best burgers I've ever had.
0: Doobie's. Yeah, Doobie's.
1: Okay, okay. Um, and they're big too, it's like big big sizes. Um, okay. Yeah, we always used to go there like all the time. Mm-hmm. So, for basketball, like random events, that sort of thing. And then there's another place. If you like Mexican food, mm-hmm. one Emporia has a couple of places that are really good, but this place was is like mine of my missus's go to place. It's called Casa Ramos. Okay. It has the best chorizo quesadilla combo I've ever had. Right, it's my go-to
0: every time. Okay, what's, what's, what's the name again? The- Rizzo Quesadilla. No, the name of the place? Oh, Casa Ramos. Casa Ramos, okay. House of something, I'm guessing. House of, I don't know what Ramos is. It's Ramos? There you go. i <laughs> <laughs> get butchered for this. Like, uh, don't you know. don't know what Ramos my, is. <laughs> my message says Casa Ramos. And I'm
1: like, what is Casa Ramos? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've been debating uh, English uh, English English, and American English for ages. It's a yeah.
1: huge language barrier, people don't understand. <laughs> it's massive, it's massive. I still struggle with it with my message.
0: I've
1: been for four years.
0: <laughs> uh, man, yeah, it's, it's, it's rough, man, it's rough. <laughs> um, <laughs> definitely. Um, I have to keep telling all my, my American colleagues and friends. I'm like, yo, it's called English. It's not called American. It's called English. We started the language <laughs> Follow directions, please. Um, oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> um, <laughs> last couple questions. Um, what was your level of independence, um, going to college? Um, was you able to do things on your own? And what three things, if you was to like, you know, if you was talking to Brad at sixteen, seventeen, what three things would you say you need to do? Um, you need to know to be able to do before you come to college.
1: Oh gosh, um, I don't know. I, I was pretty independent. I mean, I still like got help from my mum and that, but like, and even yeah, yeah. then, um, like, I, I was pretty independent for the most part, anyway like obviously whenever you go to college it's a big like coming of age yes thing um, that everybody experiences but um like i was already doing my laundry at least in my american homes like throughout high school i was already yeah, yeah, yeah. doing my own laundry and stuff like that when i was home best to believe i took advantage of my mom <laughs> so yeah um but yeah, no, like, I would always, like, ring my mom to ask her how to do stuff. Like, okay. how do I operate a washing machine? Because, like, surprisingly, it's difficult at first, surprisingly not. Like, you don't know what to do.
0: Yeah. At the
1: time, my mom didn't know what to do, because it was a coin one. she was like, I've never had one of them before. I'm like, what? So, but yeah, just making sure that you're a, I mean, it's not. A bad thing to call your mum about to operate in a bloody washing machine, but oh, um, but yeah, I, I was already pretty independent uh, at the time. like uh, driving, oh my word, I couldn't do anything. Can't drive. I like, like, so like be prepared to walk everywhere. Like if you're coming over here, like um, and be prepared to not go anywhere because America's big as hell and everything is about 25 miles away from where you're at. Like, unless you want to walk or run 25 miles a day, don't do it. Um, Uber, Uber everywhere. This was before Uber was even a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, uh, when I was at Montana State, I had a, a really good friend, two really good friends who would always like drive us anywhere. Um, and we'd always used to just, in my phone, I used to put him as a taxi. So yeah, i <laughs>
0: Did they uh, know you had them as taxi? Yeah, oh, okay. they're not
1: taxi anymore, but yeah.
0: Oh, oh, they've got names in your phones now. Yeah, they've got
1: names. I actually learned the names.
0: <laughs>
1: <after all. laughs> uh, um, but yeah, just prepare. Be prepared. Uh, walk
0: most places. If not, not go a anywhere. Befriend anymore. somebody with a car. Yeah, uh, or God.
1: befriend somebody with a car and <laughs> call a taxi. Um, <laughs> Really. I, to be fair, I didn't know how to cook, so like I already kind of knew. That's because I studied food tech in mm-hmm. high school and stuff like that, and I always had like a passion for food. Um, I always loved cooking, so that wasn't a that wasn't a big problem. Uh, but yeah, any advice for someone who's first time going through? I'm like just because sure, hey, everybody everybody's experience is different. It's like there, even though there are some commonalities, it's like everybody's going to do it a little bit different. So it's like. Just do it. Right. Like, just close your eyes. Just do it.
0: Fair enough. I like it. Uh, carpe diem and all that. Yep. Um, what was the place called? Ca- Casa Ramos. Just trying That's to remember. Just trying to try to remember it. Yep. Uh, what was the biggest adjustment to the American culture? Um, and was there a big difference? Um, like in general apart from the language which we just spoken about america yeah language is a big thing right um
1: but because i I was exposed to like different cultures within america that's that's the thing that threw me off okay i was in charlotte north carolina for like two years and that is like the south Mm -hmm. where it's like where people just the stereotypical american like rednecks that sort of thing like okay it's it's not like that but it is um and then i was in indiana which is a completely different thing. Like, and then I was in Montana. That was very similar to Indiana okay. in terms of culture. And then Kansas is very similar to Indiana because it's heavy fogging and stuff like that. So it's like, okay. but uh, gosh. Um, but yeah, no. It, it, in terms of differences, it's like I've always struggled with people understanding me. Um, not because of my deep voice, but also with the language on top of that, or accent on top of that. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you're from London, aren't you? I'm like, no. Like, that's the thing. Americans think England is just In London. London on yeah. A big scale. Like, and I'm like, that's not the case. <laughs> Some people, right, like, didn't even know, thought London was a country. Oh, gosh. And England was a town. And I'm like, oh. I remember one time I got asked if I spoke Britain. That was the dumbest question. No. Yeah, it's just like some dumb little things like stereotypes, like, do you drink tea? I do live up to that stereotype, but that's probably the only stereotype I live up to, to be
0: honest. Yeah, I, I get the tea one a lot. Um, yeah, especially because I don't drink coffee, so everyone's like, hey, do you want a coffee? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and then they go, oh, my bad, I forgot. Do you want a tea? And I was like, oh, no. I'll
1: tell you uh, what, you ask them how to make it, they won't make it right.
0: <laughs> you, that sounds like there's some pain and anguish behind. <laughs> I've,
1: I've been burned so many times by people who can't make it. Uh,
0: <laughs> I felt the pain in your voice. You're like, <laughs> don't ask them to make they can't make it right. <laughs>
1: My wife still asked me to do it. And I'm like, I've taught you this again and again. She's like, yeah, but you, your touch just does something to it. And I'm like, it's a cup of tea. It's just a cup of tea. It's like a tea bag, two teaspoons of sugar, splash of milk and a bit of hot water.
0: That's it. A splash of milk and a bit of hot water. I love it, I love it. I I love that definition of of how to make tea. That might be the sound. But not in
1: that order, you gotta gotta flip that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't take that out of context, just flip that around.
0: My bad, my bad.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, wait,
0: like milk, and milk. I like, <laughs> my bad you gotta get the right order my bad <laughs> my bad my bad that you, I know you're getting real protective over your team my bad <laughs> Oh man last couple last couple last couple um how did you deal with uh, distractions as I said at the start. Yeah. Uh don't have to say anything incriminating. I know you, you know, happily married and all the rest of it. <laughs> um, how did you deal with the distractions? You know, uh, being like, you know, five, six thousand miles away from home. Yeah. Um, yeah seven, eight, five hours time difference. Yeah. Um, coming into college, there's a lot of you know drugs, alcohol, and you know love interests. We'll call it. How did you deal with that? Um, uh-huh.
1: Yeah. How I dealt with it is, I mean, I was a pretty introverted, well, introvert, extrovert. Introvert. I was, like, kind of always in the middle, but, like, most of the time I was introverted, so I would, like, stay indoors, like, keep to myself. I mean, you're going to have fun, like, you're obviously going to have fun anyway, like, there's, if there's the odd party or whatever, and I mean, people are going to indulge, they're going to have fun anyway. Um, I think the the one thing I struggled with was the not drinking. Mm-hmm. Because in England the drinking age is eighteen, in America it's twenty-one. So I like a, a couple of nights I, with my, with the Mayo School boys,
0: mm. right?
1: Like, and then over in America, it's like if you do the same thing, you're gonna get arrested. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, well, I better keep it to not, not at all, not at all. <laughs> um, so, so, but like, you're still gonna have those things. Like, it was drugs weren't a problem. Like, I, I was very good about like staying away from that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, girls, it's just one of those. I mean, you're far away from home You, you make relationships, like you make friends, and then you make relationships, and then you just connect that person. Like, you're gonna have love interests, but like you're gonna have interests anyway. Mm-hmm. Like they help you cope with it because they're like a, an emotional release or whatever you want to call it. But I mean, as long as you're not being, I don't know, Casanova, like, sleeping with every woman and brother, like, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) like, there's a difference between, like, sleeping around, and there's a difference between, like, having a girlfriend. Like, there's a complete difference. Yes. Like, it's okay to have a girlfriend in college, basically. Completely, fine. but like I was never a fan of like oh just sleeping around.
0: Right. Like, okay, I've never
1: been that way. I've always I've had friends that have done it and teammates that have done it, and I'm like I can't could not do it. I'm like I'm too too emotionally invested in a person. I don't know.
0: Oh bless just you. Some, some, some people have it,
1: some people don't have it. I don't have it okay okay well yeah it's just one of those things where you're obviously going to indulge in some places but obviously in moderation like it's just one of those things where you just have to trust yourself like hold yourself accountable when like be perfect because you have to be professional about it even as a college athlete you do have to be professional like you can still enjoy yourself enjoy your life enjoy the experience because going to a party is a part of the experience like getting one thing that I did was get blacklisted from a fraternity. But, but,
0: but, I, yeah. About that?
1: So uh, me, it, it, this this fraternity had like theme pies, and so me and my roommate Quinn, uh, he, he'll be alright with it. It's not incriminating. <laughs> I mean. But like me and Quinn would always go to this charity shop and get like different outfits for cheap, like just so just to fit the theme. And this party was, like, 80s beach-themed or whatever. So, like, me and Quinn got, like, short shorts, we had, like, tank tops on, uh, we had, like, shung- sunglasses, everything. And so we went to this fraternity, and uh, we, we'd already been had a little bit of, bit, bit of sucking already. Uh-huh. Um, a bit of pop. Yeah, ooh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Fanta, Fanta. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, we'd already be indulged in that. And uh, and we were dancing, we were having a good time. And they had this bar in the basement. like They had the dance floor and a bar on the basement. Um, And people were dancing on it. And And me, being the party animal that I am, of course, I was like, I'm getting on that and I'm dancing. So me and Quinn got on the bar, dancing, bearing in mind the roof, is already pretty low and we're already seven, like I'm seven foot, he was six, eight. And we were like this, like on the bar, <laughs>
0: like this. Oh my was, life. Just
1: bro. enjoying ourselves, enjoying our time. And then next thing I know, this guy was like grabbing my ankle, like pulling me. And I nearly fell. Uh, and i was being that high up, like I could have cracked my head open, could have done uh, uh. I was, I was frustrated. And so I got down, I was like, you don't need to touch me like that. Like, on my ankle, you don't need to pull my ankle away. And so he was like, and he was, he was drunk, He was, he was off his rocker. And so, uh, and I was, and I, and I was a little bit tipsy. But I was like, just don't do that. And then, so I started walking away and then the bar door was open. So like the little flippy bar thing. Yeah. I got past that and he slammed it down. And my friend Tommy, who was with me at the time, he just went, don't do that. And he just, he swung at him. Um, and like properly decked him. And then that's when it all started kicking off. Me and Quinn like looked at each other and we we're like, we're gonna get the stick for this. So we just left, yeah. uh, like we, me and him just left. And then that that was it. That was all, that was all it was like and that. And then the next yeah. thing I know, party a couple of weeks after we go back, like I think it was, um, it was an 80s theme again, but it was like boogie night or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, me and Quinn had like frothy little button up shirts on, big afros, like Austin Power style. We're okay, going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, we go to the front door, and there's this like fat, like ginger, curly fraternity bro, like with a list, like being a doorman. And I'm like, I'm like, name who sponsored you to get in. And we knew knew someone who would sponsor us to get in, so we were, we were already on the list. But then the guy who comes out, the, the guy who grabbed my ankle, and the guy yeah, who yeah, yeah. my friend Tommy decked, he he comes out, and he looks at me, and he's like, I know you. And I'm like, I didn't recognise him. And I'm like, no, you don't. I don't know you. He's like, you're the one who danced on the bar two weeks ago, and I got a bloody nose for it. And I'm like, uh, and then he told the door. he was like, these two aren't coming and They just cause trouble every time. And I'm like, what? And then me and Quinn left. And then the next thing I know, I got a text from my friend Katie, who was taxi at the time on my phone. <laughs> um, she was like, you know, you got blacklisted from said fraternity. I'm like, what does that mean? He's like, you are not allowed on the ground, like the premises of that fraternity.
0: Oh like, man
1: well but yeah so you indulge in that kind of stuff I'm not, I'm not advocating that <laughs> but I mean you're going to have fun like obviously in yeah, yeah. Religion, like, don't go absolutely mental like don't go Real like maps. getting drunk or anything like that but I mean have fun like go to parties have fun know your limits whatever like because it's going to be there and what you're going to do like you're going to be a hermit like even the even the players that dedicated the most time in the gym that I know even they did parties. And I'm like, mm. they still have fine time to have fun because it's still people at the end of the day They need to live the life to some some degree. Obviously, within legal means and not getting blacklisted from fraternities is probably a better way to go than what I did. But, yeah. uh,
0: well, you're here to tell the tale. That's the most yeah. important thing.
1: It's a good tale. I always tell that. I'm like, you don't know get blacklisted from a fraternity.
0: Um, Last question, Big Fish, Um, and I really appreciate your time. Um, What advice would you give to the new recruits looking to attend uh, college?
1: Take your time. uh, As much of a crunch as it is, uh, the whole recruiting process, try and take your time with it. Because uh, I feel like with me, I I, I rushed into a lot of the, I rushed into Montana State because it was one of the only offers I had on the table. Uh, I didn't explore other options like staying at home or whatever Um, and and Emporium State like i rushed into that as well like just, just take your time with it understand that if you have a D1 offer and a D2 offer the D1 offer might not be the best one for you the D2 offer might be so it's like just making sure that you understand that just because you're at D2 doesn't necessarily mean you're in a lesser division right because you could be would you rather be a bench player at a d1 or a starter at a d2 and the answer is always going to be a starter at a d2 every time so it's just like take your time with it do your research on the schools think about what would you be doing if you weren't doing basketball because chances are basketball isn't going to be around forever and you need to make sure that you do the education and the back, and, and get the degree behind that. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I've always been adamant on, is make sure you go in with some sort of an idea of what you would be doing if you didn't do basketball. Because that ultimately is what you're going to fall back on when basketball, or whatever other sport it is, isn't going to be a thing
0: anymore. I like that. That's, that's 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 great. That's great advice. Um, and, yeah, some, I know it's hard, especially at a younger age, but yeah. um, definitely trying to think past basketball. You know, there's a lot of guys and girls that think, you know, um, I'm going to do this professionally. I'm going to do X, Y, Z and whatever. But um, always having a contingency, always having a... a, a, a a plan b just in case so um yeah that was some great advice brad i appreciate it brad i really appreciate you thank you for coming on um it's always amazing to catch up with you um maybe one day i'll get over you not playing for me in oklahoma but you know we'll, we'll see how that works oh you all grudges pretty well so we'll see <laughs> big fish much to love my guy and hope to catch up with you soon My name is Bradley
1: Fisher and you've been watching the Euro-Stepping podcast. Don't do drugs, kids.
0: Appreciate you watching the Euro-Stepping. I want to thank everybody for watching Euro-Stepping. Watching the Euro-Stepping. The
1: Euro-Stepping.
0: The Euro-Stepping. You've been watching the Euro-Stepping. The The Euro-Stepping. Euro-Stepping. You've been watching the Euro-Stepping, a great podcast show hosted by Coach D.